Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. Lately, I've taken a renewed interest in uh, baseball from the early days back in the 19th century, specifically before the Civil War, uh, which broke out in 1861 and lasted until 1865. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about it, and this is going to include a little bit of fiction, but I'll tell you why in just a second. But I've been reading this book again. It's called Baseball in Blue and Gray, The National Pastime During the Civil War by George B. Kirsch. And it's a it's really a good book. It's a, a lot of specifics about how the game was formed, the history of the game itself. And then he takes that part into the Civil War and how baseball expanded through the North and also through the South. Tying to that is it's almost the beginning of the Tennessee Vintage Baseball Association season. There's a new emergence with renewed interest in the old game, and it's been established through the Tennessee Association of Vintage Baseball. And this is kind of dedicated to their their resurgence of the early game, too. There's a newspaper reference in 1857 to a game played in Nashville of some sort, but the score was so high that I believe it was some kind of cricket, and I will not reference it further here, but I hope to stand corrected one day and will gladly incorporate it into future mentions, but at this time I'm not convinced. However, there is an insert in the Republican Banner, a Nashville newspaper, on Wednesday, July the 25th, 1860. It states simply, but with ample explanation to a new indulgence in the fair southern city of Nashville. And it reads like this, baseball, two words. This healthful and exciting exercise was very generally popular last fall, especially in the northern states. And we hope it will be introduced here as soon as the heated term passes off. We noticed the other evening a party engaged in baseball on the Edgefield side of the river, all apparently enjoying themselves. The early closing of all stores gives a fine opportunity to the young men engaged in mercantile pursuits. Well, the Civil War had not yet begun, but storms were brewing nonetheless, the acknowledgement of exercise and fun with credit given to the northern states, is a telling tribute as regards Nashville's sentiment towards the impending war. Tennessee was the last state to secede from the Union. So young men had taken up some fashion of an organized game utilizing a bat and a ball, and the game was so interesting that merchants closed stores so that they and others could give full attention to it. And that Republican Banner article goes on to say, No better exercise can be indulged in. The difference between baseball and the exercises of the gymnasium is so obvious that we need scarcely mention it. In the former, not only every muscle of the body is brought into active play, but the desire to win produces a healthy excitement of the mental faculties, without which any sort of physical exercise is not only useless, but positively injurious. On the other hand, in ordinary gymnastic exercises, the mental incentive is entirely wanting, and the so-called gymnastic exercise is simply reduced to ox labor. But comparing baseball played outdoors to indoor gymnasiums seems to call young men to play for the exercise in fresh air, 
but the description almost becomes an appeal for all citizens to watch and enjoy the new game as the Republican Banner article closes with this. Let us have baseball clubs organized then, and the fun commenced. And as you read in Kirsch's book, he talks about the healthful exercises necessary for soldiers, I'm sure both in the North, as he's speaking about, but also in the South, as it relates to preparing the soldiers for battle. By 1862, Nashville had the second largest contingent of the Union Army, next to Atlanta. And surely the Yankee soldiers taught the locals here in Nashville how to play their version of baseball. Generals Buell, Rousseau, Negley, Rosencrantz, and Grant, as commander-in-chief of the Army of the Cumberlands, had all set up headquarters in Nashville. And even in the prison camps in both the North and the South, games were organized as a way to give players and spectators opportunity to divest themselves of the perils and weariness of war, if only for a few hours. Some time ago, I was invited to speak at a library in Smyrna, and it had been true interest to my mind about Sam Davis. Sam Davis's home is there in Smyrna. And it made me think about that Confederate Civil War hero, at least the Southerners felt like he was a hero. And I wrote this thinking of him because he was a spy. And I want you to listen. This is fiction, but somewhere there are letters from home like this that will describe a similar situation that will give us a direct connection to the emergence of the great game in communities like Nashville or Smyrna, Murfreesboro, and a myriad of other towns. And perhaps that letter will be one to a family member, a father or mother, or in a manuscript, journal, or diary. I've searched through Kirch's book to find any specific example to baseball in Tennessee during the Civil War, but it's not there that I can find. Perhaps it'll never come, but I hope in the not-too-distant future to be able to read for myself and for you something very much like this. So think of Sam Davis. Think about him crawling through the woods on a spy run. And maybe this is something that he wrote or another soldier wrote to their mom. I swear there were Yankees at every turn. Each hill, each valley, we crouched, slid, and hopped tree to tree without so much as a whisper so as not to call attention to where we were. To hide, we followed creeks when we could, hoping the sound from the water pushing over the stones would mask any snaps from the sticks we stepped on. We helped branches back to their position to keep the swishing from signaling our whereabouts. Sometimes we'd see a plume of smoke from a campfire, or sometimes hear the whinny of horses. We'd all hoped those were ours, but could not take the chance that they were. As discreet as we could, we moved on. We had to make it to Chattanooga. The only break we took was one day when we came up on a clearing once where there was nearly a frightful noise. Wondering what the racket was about, we slowly moved up behind a locust tree and could hardly believe our eyes and ears. Men were yelling and whooping and hollering as bare-chested soldiers ran like bears between other soldiers chasing a ball. The soldier coming up from the rear of the circle or square or some other laid-out dimension in the field was pumping his arms as the others were chasing after something with shouts of, throw it, throw it. I recollected that this was the game called baseball being played in some of the prisoner camps that I had heard about. 
At least I reckon that's what this was without the prison. Seems that some of the officers allowed for prisoners to play active soldiers as a way to give healthful exercise for all. Crazy am a sound when the sweaty soldiers in the clearing stopped for water and rest. We showed ourselves. It was not purposeful, believe me. But when one of them looked our way and knew that we were the enemy, well, we were really scared and did not know what to do. But what they did was even crazier. Seems they needed a couple of more players and invited us to play. We were more scared to say no, so we said yep. And they gathered around and put us way out in the field, and for what must have been an hour, we played. We hit with a birch bat they had. We threw the ball, and we caught it when we could get it. All of us took a turn or two, and when it was all over, and whichever team won, they didn't tell us. Them Yankees told us we played good. And then they told us so long. And Mama, I'll never forget it. Well, that's why I believe there are history stories out there within a trunk or a letter or some other document that's available that one of these days someone's going to find, uncover it in a museum or in a library or archives, and we'll be able to get more firsthand accounts. In the meantime, I'm still looking for those. If you know of any, certainly let me know. Steer me in that direction. I want to have more about this because I think it's fascinating that the foundation of baseball, particularly in Nashville, has its foundation in games being played in Philadelphia and New York and Boston. And when the war broke out and those players enlisted in the service in the Union Army, some in the Confederate Army, not only did they sign up to do battle, but they took their game with them, their baseball game. Hope you enjoyed this segment. Be looking for more about the Civil War and about its influence on Nashville baseball. I hope you'll join me again. As always, I'm Skip Nipper. I'm grateful that you listen in. Thank you.